Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello. In this week's episode, I had the pleasure of talking to my dear friend, Nicole Severson, and her and I talked about money as medicine and her experience, and Nicole is such a beautiful soul. Her bio... Nicole is a somatic and sensual healer for women who want to feel like walking magic, medicine, and money. She teaches women how to achieve quantum shift healing in their life and business. Nicole teaches women how to use their body and emotions to support women increasing emotional intelligence, experiencing sensual liberation, and designing life with desire. So you can learn more about Nicole by looking at the show notes. And uh, if this episode resonated with you, please share it, tag us, and make sure you to subscribe if you haven't already. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everybody. We are here with Nicole Severson, and I'm so excited. Nicole and I connected in Mexico, uh, like first time that we connected, and like, hey, like we are like, we're so simpatico in our passions, what we do, um, and I'm so excited to have you here, Nicole, because I'm excited about our topic and to catch up. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I love that we met at like a ladies brunch. It was like an expat business um, group. And we out of like 20 or 30 people sat next to each other. And then we started being like, oh, wait, we know like a lot of the same like people in the industry and stuff like that. So it was really fun coincidence, quote unquote, how we met and the synchronicities of that. So it was so fun. And I'm so happy to be here with you. (laughs) Yay, I know. And we've been like connecting ever since. So it's just like, uh, it's been fun just watching, like, like following you online. And I love we're gonna, we're gonna be talking about money today, money as medicine, which I love talking about money. So like anything related to money, it's like always something juicy for me. So I'm excited to dive in. And, um, and yeah, let's, why don't we just do it now? So money as medicine, tell me more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So something that I learned and heard for the first time from one of my first business coaches, Gina DeVee, she used to say, and I'm sure she still says it, uh, but she used to say money is the greatest teacher you will ever have, or one of the greatest teachers you will ever have. And I remember that really stuck with me and I was like, yeah, totally. But then as the years went on and especially as a business owner and entrepreneur and having a totally different relationship with money than you would at just like a normal nine to five job where I started really seeing where money is my greatest teacher, because not only is it the only other lifelong relationship I will have outside of the one with myself and with source. Um, it's the only real lifelong relationship that we have outside of that. Um, when you can start to use it as a teacher and use it as seeing how you're showing up in relationship, how you're showing up energetically, emotionally to said money, 
you can then use it as medicine. You can then use it as um, the access point to deeper healing in intimacy with yourself in relationship to other things. Like, am I codependent with this thing? Am I attached to this thing? Am I basing my worth and my esteem and my love of self off of this thing? And when you can start to look at it from that lens, it becomes a a form of medicine and healing. I love that. And like, there's, I think like money as medicine, especially with the word medicine, like it can, it can be conceived in so many, like perceived in so many different ways, but with what you were saying around, like when we're more aware of it and yeah, we have like a lifelong relationship to money and with money, it's like, it's true. A lot of people tie their worth to money. Like what's in their bank account when I feel like they're two separate things. Um, yeah. And so it's like, I'm excited to dive in deeper with this because um, especially when like we were talking about, okay, like with this episode, like medicine, money and like nervous system healing. So it's like, what's your journey with that? <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's been a, a lifelong one for sure. So, um, when I was young, I, um, my first stepfather and family were best friends with the Nordstrom family. So I used to go spend holidays and vacations at their vacation homes. And so I grew up around a lot of money. And when my parents divorced, um, it was gone. So, um, and then when my mom remarried, um, my now stepfather, he became a millionaire when I was in high school. And I actually didn't even know that until recently. I just knew he came into a lot of money. They never said how much money it was just like, Oh God, we sold this business and like came in the money and all the things. Um, but it was kind of like removed, like nothing really changed in our life, but it was like this money came in kind of a thing. And so I formed a lot of my worth around money because, um, I was either, um, shown love through financial or like material things versus emotional love, um, in respect to those relationships. And then, um, later in life, uh, about five years ago, I lost all of my money. So I was in a five-year relationship. We had bought a car together. Um, I was living in Seattle at the time and we broke up. Um, we decided that he was going to take the car. He was going to pay me out for it. And I decided to move to LA. I would sit and meditate and be like, okay, like I knew I didn't want to stay in Seattle. I'd lived there before. I hate the winters there. I love Seattle, but I hate the winters. And they're like eight months long, (laughs) as you know. (laughs) And, um, for me, it's just really hard. Um, I get the seasonal affective disorder, all of that. So I would be meditating and I'd be like, where do you want me? And LA kept popping up and I was like, cringy, like, like I'd never been there, but you know, in the Pacific Northwest, we have a lot of judgment around California people and, you know, LA and the smog and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, ew, really? And then it kept happening every time I'd sit down and meditate. And I was like, fine, fuck it. I'm going to go check out LA. So I drove my best friend with me to go on a week vacation. We had the time of our lives. Um, we moved there, um, like eight months later, six, eight months later, Upon moving to LA, 
it took me six months to find a restaurant job because at the time that's what I was doing. Um, it's before I took my coaching, before I started coaching online, took me six months to find a job. So I burned through all of my savings to like deposit first month, last month, rent and groceries and gas to get around. Um, I blew through all of my savings, um, because I only thought it would take me like a month or two. Cause there's so many restaurants in LA, right. <laughs> but every other transient actor, creative, whatever works at restaurants. So FYI, if you ever move to LA, please get a job before you go <laughs> or have it lined up <laughs> because it could take you a long time to get a job anyway. So I lost all of my money. Um, I was supposed to be getting paid out for the car. Um, I, my ex had owed me like five grand or something and he got in a car accident, totaled the car. So the money was gone. And then, um, when I finally did get a job at a restaurant, um, my stepfather had to go in for immediate brain surgery because he, um, had a benign tumor that was causing issues. So he went to get checked and they're like, Oh, we need to remove this thing. Like right now. So I had to fly back up for that. Thankfully he's fine. Like, well, like miracle fine. Um, he came out like very unexpectedly well <laughs> for like where it was and all the things. And then, um, a few months later, my uncle, uh, passed away and I couldn't fly back to his funeral because I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and between all of these things, I felt like I had completely lost my like identity as someone who always like has their money together. And like before that I'd always had two to three jobs at a time and always had a thousand dollars a month. I was putting away in savings and like all of these things. So I really hit this flat line or the bottom of the barrel, as I like to call it. And, um, I really, it opened up this whole thing to me around how much I based my happiness, my worth, who I was as a person off of how I was able to take care of myself financially or not. And when I started, um, business coaching with Gina DeVee, I was paying more in uh, the program than I was in rent. Like I was like, I'm going all in, putting all my money in on me. Right. So I was like, I'm going all in. And, um, her program offers like a lot of people get really great results, results out of her program. I did not have as quick of results in the return of investment. And so I went through this huge journey, um, even after that, the years after that of really discovering, like, if I don't make money in my business right away, does it mean I suck as a coach? If I don't make the money as fast or as quickly as my peers who don't have as much experience as me, but they're better at sales because I haven't developed that skill set yet. I had all this stuff that all these meanings, all these stories, all these things that kept coming up around money and, um, and really just every time something would come up, it would be that whole process of, you know, discovering like, oh, this is a meaning I'm making. And it doesn't actually mean I'm bad with money just means that there's just these things that I'm learning about it right now. Um, and I took courses of other women who, you know, teach about money and healing and different things. And what I really came to find to be true is that, um, 
even if you're really good with money, there's always going to be stuff that happens in life that um, whether you're scaling and you're making more money than you could have ever dreamed of and what that brings up in someone around people are going to come try and take it, or I need to spend it, or what am I supposed to do with all this money? Or I feel greedy or whatever. Or um, when you're in the place where all you're thinking about is how much you need money and it's just in that place of lack and feels like you don't have control or you don't know what you're doing or all of those things. And, and just seeing how closely my own, not even so much my identity, but my sense of power, my sense of inner power of choice of, um, opportunities of, um, getting to have that freedom of taking care of myself and all of the things that that has brought up. So, um, I would say it's an ongoing journey. Um, I'm definitely still learning and also, um, really seeing where, you know, a lot in the industry where it's talking about like being in the vibe of money and you have to be high vibe all the time in order to like be in alignment and currency and all of this stuff. And it's like, or you just suck at sales and you need to learn sales or you, um, need to switch something in your program in order for it to make sense for people to actually understand that the result that they're getting. And so a lot of these, I see, just see so many women beating themselves up for having some messed up money story when really it's a skill set thing versus them being bad with money or not able to manifest it. It's like, maybe it's just a skill (laughs) set that you haven't learned yet. And so my passion is really applying everything that I've learned in my own journey with that around really understanding that around money and, um, how I used to make it mean so much about my abilities, my confidence, my self-esteem, um, my ability to feel like I could take care of myself and not have to ask people for help. Cause that was a big wound for me around never asking people for money or help, um, whether it was a credit card or loans or asking family, like feeling, Like that was like a big no-no in my family growing up that you just don't do. And, um, and then also seeing where, um, the skill set piece around, um, service and sales and different things and how they apply differently in different, you know, like going into a nine to five job and knowing you have that reliable, consistent thing is so different than being an entrepreneur or creative, even when you're creating something and you don't know how it's going to be received by people. And so, um, getting into this healing aspect and using my background in trauma, healing, body work, um, sensuality, and teaching you, like you get to use these things and apply it towards your relationship to money. So you stop making that mean something about you. You stop focusing on it so much. And you actually like lean into where you are powerful and to where you are, uh, confident and capable. And, lean into those and start applying that. And then the money comes in naturally. Cause when you stop focusing on what you don't have, <laughs> right. It's no different than being in a relationship and dating. If you're like super needy and clingy and you're like, I just want to be in love. And you're coming at every guy like that. It's like repellent. And it's really, it is similar, um, with money as well. It's a relationship. So that's the biggest thing is healing this relationship and not having it be the core of, your confidence or the core of your worth. And, um, yeah. And I would again, say it's been an ongoing learning experience for me and just uh, equipping other women with these tools that they can apply really to any other area of their life, but really seeing how they can use this, like fucked up money story to actually become more powerful and, um, to stop basing their power on that. 
because they are very intertwined, right? When you have money, you have more choices, you have more influence, you have more power in that sense. And if it's based on an empty foundation where you're not feeling that, unless you have that, um, that's where we work on that. So I love all of that. Like that is so good. And I can so relate to like, um, like, I feel like we live in a culture of instant gratification. And yes. if it doesn't happen immediately, then there's something wrong with us. And it's so yep. easy to fall in that if it's like, oh shit, like I do need money and shoot, it's not working. I suck. <laughs> it's yep. like this suddenly, like our mind can go there. And it's like, no, I love what you said. It's like, well, maybe I'm just not really, I don't have the skills yet of marketing and sales. And I just need to learn that. And it's going to take time. I remember like years ago, this is like kind of like on a, tangent not money but uh, I was at this adult camp like adult is for 18 and older um, and we were learning archery and this one woman was so hard on herself and I've never done archery in my life so I'm like I don't expect to hit the target <laughs> but she was so hard on herself and she's never done it she never had done it either and it's just like why do we do this to ourselves especially as women so I'm so glad you brought that up because money it is it's like money does equate to power because it does give us more options. And I just love what you're saying of like, like, yeah, it can give us more power, but not to identify with, if we don't have money, it doesn't mean that we're not powerful people. Right. And there's so much of a generational wound around this for women specifically, because we were not even allowed to have our own bank accounts without a male signature until 1974. <laughs> so prior to that, if you did not have, you, you didn't have that power, quote unquote. So this is a huge opportunity for women to start to, you know, quote unquote, stand on our own feet in that respect. And in a way where it's not like we're, um, disconnecting from support and, um, and help from other people, but in a way that's, um, incongruency with that. Right. So it's like, we get to have a yes. And we get to have both. <laughs> I so appreciate that. Yeah. And like you were even saying like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I guess people talking about being in the vibe, the high vibeness, which when you were saying that, I'm like, that is so toxic. Like that it's cause it doesn't talk about trauma, generational trauma, especially when we talk about racism and all the layers that come in that it's not like black or white. Oh, you're not high vibe. You need to be high vibe. You can't feel crummy. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. There's, yeah, there's so many layers to this, right? Around like how many celebrities do you see that have all the money you can imagine and they're miserable or commit suicide, right? So this is really in that respect too, just showing that um, even when you get there, when you get to the success, if you don't do that inner work, again, of taking where your inner power isn't relying on the thing or your grief or your anger or different things. Um, if you don't heal that, it's not going to change once you have money necessarily, <laughs> you might have the money to then go get the personal development, but there, there's so many layers with that. And then in the generational or, um, racial trauma that goes around, uh, money, you know, as far as wealth, as it gets moved through generations, um, if you've had that interrupted, how that affects you and the opportunities you have later, and then having to go again with the skill set, learn those things, which some people don't get access to those until much later due to that. And um, again, where um, it cuts off our access to education, especially for women, we still see this around the world where 
they're still not, you know, able to learn how to read and not given that access. And, and again, it's a skill set thing too. And, um, but it's also why all of this is why it's so important for women specifically to really heal this relationship because when we have that financial power, we do very different things with money than men do. <laughs> and it allows us more access and to show other women what's possible. But yeah, there's, there's so much um, healing in this again, as it is a relationship and depending on like with anything, depending generationally on what has been taught in your family, what you've experienced, what's been passed down. Um, there's different healing layers to that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm curious, like for your journey, I mean, yeah, it's like, we're, I think we all go through this journey and I love what you said, like, even when people are like making a lot of money, there's still, if they can't really like land it in their body, it, it can still feel very disconnected. Um, if you're open to sharing just for your own journey of like your healing process of like how you've healed and transpired, if that's the right word, just your own path with money. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a funny example that I have. <laughs> But when I first started coaching, um, the program that I, uh, the program and coach that I bought into was all about like six months to 10 or yeah, six months to 10 K months kind of a thing. And I was so like, I have to make 10 K months in my business. And that means that's the marker of being successful. And, and it means I'm finally a real coach or, you know, like all of the things that come up in your head when you're going for that. And in the first year that did not happen. And, um, I was laughing because I was like, I don't want I don't understand why I act like I've never done this before, because in the past I had actually went in, um, it, it was like 12 years ago or something, or I forget how long it was years ago, dec a decade ago or so. Um, I actually went up to California and trimmed weed for a month and made 10 K and was like, I had my 10 K month. And I'm like, why am I making it mean so much about me? And like, how I, how I make the money and that kind of thing. So it's really interesting in this journey of just seeing where for me, it's been really helpful to see where I have I already made the money and, or, um, in different ways around what I made that money mean about me has been huge. But for the biggest thing is when I lost all of it or perceived to lose all of it, it's actually when I stopped basing my power, my esteem, my choices, different things off of that. And it's been a learning curve. Like it's, it's, I would say I'm still a work in progress on that. And, um, what I have noticed is that the less I attach to how much is going to come in, in my business and those different things, it's really getting to the core of why am I doing this? How am I serving? Where, what skill sets do I need to improve? And knowing that the money is going to come, like it's in that respect, I can go make my, I know how to make money. It's not basing it off of like, I can only make it from this place. And so it's really just changed the resourcefulness around, um, not only like the specific dollar amount itself, but also like the abundance and prosperity of, um, where I have other stuff come in, like somebody will gift me something or, um, I have fresh water or like really getting into the abundance of, um, having people in my network, reach out to me and offer me jobs. Even if I'm like, no, I don't do that or whatever. Like knowing that there's this resourcefulness around me and in me at all times versus 
if I don't make this 10k month and I'm going to die and like, nothing's ever going to work. And, um, I would say I'm still in the, like the rebuilding phase of that. Um, and so again, a work in progress, but it's taking all of the healing skills that I've learned and really changing the dynamics of that is no longer the thing that keeps me up at night. Like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but especially the beginning of my business, I would wake up in like panic and anxiety at like three or four in the morning, just being like, how am I going to pay? How am I going to pay this? Or like, how am I going to do this? Like I have to make the, and it was like, it was excruciating. It was awful. And, um, and I've had things come up since then. And that was, it just completely changed the way it's like, Oh, this is uncomfortable, but like, it doesn't mean I'm going to die or like not be able to do the thing. So yeah, it's been really healing in that way where, um, I, I would compare it to more of like a healthy relationship with a man versus being in that, like, Oh my God, if I say the wrong thing, he's going to leave me. Or like, if he doesn't call and like <laughs> all of this stuff that can come up around that. Um, and I found that in that it therefore changes opportunities that come up and clients that come out of nowhere and that kind of a thing. So as far as being in the vibe, I would say it's more, uh, being in that secure attachment or just that trust and um, knowing how to not base your decisions, your emotions, and those things on what's happening outside of you. Yeah, I totally get like, I don't think, you know, it's interesting. Money is, is still taboo, you know, and um, like it doesn't have to be. And I don't think like that wake up in the middle of the night anxiety. Like I'm familiar with that. Um, and even like, it's interesting because I felt, I remember the, like when I felt like the first time I felt that it was shortly after, um, I left my full-time job and I went back to school to study naturopathic and Chinese medicine. And I, I realized like after a year in the program that that wasn't the right path for me. And so I left and I just remember, like, I mean, I had a lot of, like, I worked for over, like, for seven years in, like, a really high-paying job, like, all of that. And I had good savings. And still, because I was, like, suddenly, I just said no to, like, something that I was, like, going after for so long. And I'm just, like, panic. What is next? Like, no money's coming in. <laughs> but I had so much in my savings that it's, like, it's interesting how our mind can start going down the spiral because, um of like how we've attached to money and its importance. And I know it is important, but it's like, it's interesting how like it affects our root chakra. Um, oh yeah. A thousand yeah. percent. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love what you just said too. And I just want to add in around that where um, we've been conditioned and taught to be very codependent with money and wealth building is amazing. And I of course highly recommend it to everyone to learn how to save and invest in all of those things. And there's an element, and you know, this as an entrepreneur and as you left, um, I'm assuming maybe it was like best year that you were at, um, it was, or was it, oh, it was a different one. Okay. Was, yeah. But I did, I did pay a deposit to go to that school. <laughs> I almost went to best year as well, but I, I did, I decided not to afterwards. Um, but there's this element of when you go on a creative endeavor and you follow your intuition or your desire. And sometimes it requires you in the way that it did for me to let go of that safety and security and thing like how you're supposed to do the things so that you can actually make more on the other side. And so that you can actually, and it is this healing process of learning how to feel safe 
when you don't have those things, because that's the biggest piece, right? There is safety and there's a difference though between safety and security. So I consider money of more of like a security, the guy, the bouncer on the outside, the security guard, that's like, I got this, <laughs> I'm here for you when you need it. Whereas that sense of actual safety within yourself, who you are in your body um, is the piece that gets wrongfully tied into the money. And when you go through that process of leaving the consistency in the, the golden handcuffs, as they call them in the corporate world and go out on a limb and do the entrepreneur or the creative or the, the band, you know, that's going to be famous or not, who knows, but, um, it requires you to step into a totally different level of self-trust and, um, and sometimes it, you know, it gets uncomfortable and scary and there is risk and you're not promised if it's going to work out or not, but there is an element of, um, of also knowing that you can make the money again, you can go, you know, take a side job if you need to, or different things like that. But, um, yeah, it's when you've healed your relationship to money, you, you let go of the reins so much on the attachment to it, having to look a certain way to having it be the white picket fence and you work the same job your whole life. And like this whole thing where it actually gives you the freedom to follow your intuition and to fuck up and to know that you can rebuild. And sometimes you have to lose everything to then come back and make more. So there is really um, a huge piece of self-trust that comes with this as well. Yeah, I so agree. And I will say like for those who like feel this call to quit their job and do the thing, I, I still feel like it's important to support the root chakra. So if you can do it part-time and still have income, it just supports the nervous system. Like, yes. like I actually feel it's dangerous for people, experts, coaches, to say, quit your job now and just leap. And then the net will appear. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is terrible advice. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, and there, I think it's a mixed bag. I think there are a lot of coaches that are like, why, why would you need to go get another job? And, um, and you get the wishful thinking and the hopeful thinking of people. They're like, yeah, I got this. Like I was, I had a job while I was building mine, um, for my business, but yeah, if someone had just been like, just quit your job, I'd be like, you're crazy. Like <laughs> that's not going to happen. So yeah, I totally agree that having a side gig, having something supporting you or alone or whatever the thing is that can help support you while you're building up that consistency or skill set or whatever the thing is in your business or creative endeavor is, um, definitely more empowering and supportive than if you were to just not and be like, how, oh, what the fuck do I do now? Kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like it, I think it depends on like each person. And this is where self-trust and knowing oneself is so important because it's like for some people, their risk, their amount of risk tolerance is high. Like my business strategist, she was saying how like for her, if she only has around like 500 left in her account, that's, that's when she starts to get a little panicky versus like, like her partner would be like, she, like needing 10 K, you know? And I'm just like, yeah. Okay. In that case, I'm way more risk averse than my business coach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that reminds me of a friend of mine that if she has below like 5k and just her like regular checking, she starts panicking and I'm like, Oh wow. Like, <laughs> I, I think that's amusing. And, um, and there's different set points and you can actually learn how to build those up within yourself to where, um, you don't allow yourself to go below a certain amount. I think that's wonderful too. Um, and sometimes you need that 
depending on the person, like you said, it's self-trust and knowing yourself of, um, you know, how much you're willing, it's really like a standard for yourself too. Um, but how much you're willing to like go in on it. And, um, yeah, but I think to what you were speaking to prior to this around just not self-inducing that thinking that's going to be the thing that gets you the result (laughs) versus, um, going all in and also having the support, I think is very important. Yeah, definitely. If it's like family or partner or alone that you were saying, or having a job, something that can just help one feel grounded, right? I feel like that is so important that there's a lot of misadvice out there that just like from, you know, our experience, it's just like, yeah, not everybody, like some people can, but that's, those are the stories you hear the most because they're such heroic stories, but you know, I think it's important to be responsible, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I actually um, walked a client through this um, a couple of months ago where she was like, yeah, I was looking at this um, sales program to help me like scale my business and do all these things. And, you know, I'm going to have to pull from my, my taxes and like all this stuff. And then I'm not going to have any extra money left over. And I was like, why do you feel like you need to do that in order to Cause I was like, it's not going to change the hours you have in the day. You're not doing the things now. So this program's not going to help you with that, but really like, and she thanked me a couple of months later and she's like, I'm so glad I listened to you and like started to create a savings and actually hire support, like a babysitter to help with my son versus, um, not having any money and trying to do the business and this on my own. So she was able to set up more of a support and structure for herself versus, doing that scraping by running after the thing, the dragon kind of thing that the coaching industry, um, kind of feeds into, like you were saying, where instead of having people be like, how about instead of blowing out your bank account and your nervous system, you set it up. So you feel supported. So you actually have more space to serve and to, um, do the thing that it is that you want to do. And that's usually when people do move faster, but again, it depends on the person, right? Everyone's going to have such a unique story and how they got to where they are, but really it's just in the not giving up. So it's like, <laughs> whether you're supported along the way, you're taking risks and falling and fucking up and failing and then getting back up and you just keep going. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is to be able to take care of yourself and um, to keep going, even when, you know, if you've been trying for years and it hasn't worked yet and just being able to trust yourself in that way. Yeah. I love that. It's like, it's one of those things and like with money it is like I love what you're saying how it's like it's it really is part of our journey we it's not like we can escape it and so um it can be such good it's a good teacher um and I feel like we have to be willing to look at it though um I know it's interesting because like for me I've I'm I love numbers I love seeing things I'm not necessarily an avoider but it's interesting that there's, you know, different personality types with money and, um, and some people like won't look at their money. Um, and I feel like, okay, that's uncomfortable to want to look, to look at it. But I think that's like step one. <laughs> if someone's like, ah, um, even just being familiar with what's really happening versus letting the stories dominate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, <laughs> it's funny, my friend, um, dated someone at one point where he wouldn't look at his bills. He would just throw them away. <laughs> oh my goodness. And we used to laugh about it. Cause I'm like, wait, what? Like, how does that work? And so I think there is an element again of like, 
if somebody is just like going hard and they're trying to do their thing and they're like, you know what, there's nothing I can do about it right now. And so I'm not even going to look at it. it. Or you have the person that's like, I just get so much panic of looking at it, um, that I just, it's better for me not to, um, of course it is better (laughs) in the long run to know your numbers and all of those things and, um, and be able to budget and plan and do all of that. And, um, again, this really comes into what you've been taught around, you know, it's not just money mindset, but also like if you're used to working a nine to five, and you have a certain amount that you make and you budget it out, like Dave Ramsey tells you to do, you know, not buy the latte if you don't have the money. And like Oprah's like, don't tip your waiters. If you go out and you can't afford it, just give your waiters less. I was kind of mad about that. Cause I was like, I Did she really say that years ago. She was like, this is how you can save money. If you go out to eat, you can just tip your waiters less. I'm like, excuse me, like tell them to go through a drive-thru. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because- in the States anyway, servers make their money off of tips. But right. um, anyway, or if you get into more of money mindset and entrepreneur land, it's how, how do you create more? How do you bring in more? So you're not focusing on, I only have this much and I only get this much for life. And this is what I can plan to retire off of. It's like, no, how do I go fucking create more money? Like how much do I want to make? I'm going to go make that. And that's a skill set. And most people are not equipped with that. Most people are not taught that unless you grew up in a family that was business or entrepreneur oriented. And, um, so I think that's the biggest piece, um, around money mindset of like, if you're looking at your numbers, if not, it's really looking at like, what have you been taught about money? Like, what are the structures, the actual ways in which you think that you're able to make money? Um, that was a big shift for me when I first started in my coaching practice was I was still acting like an employee. I was Mm -hmm. still like, wanting to create this job where I get to show up and have consistent money every month. And I just show up for these hours. And and that's kind of usually not how it works for most entrepreneurs until they get like passive income from courses or different things. But usually it's you going out, doing sales, connecting and serving people, offering things that they need and want. And then over time it becomes more consistent. But um, I, I was fully going into it with employee mindset around like, <laughs> I just show up for my job and this is what I do. And that's kind of not how it is. So, um, yeah, that's a big piece is really understanding how you view how to make money, what's possible around that. Cause if you think just going and getting a, you know, nine to five corporate job and that works really well for people to get CEOs and all of those things, And sometimes there can be a cap to that. So it's like, even in those positions, like how can you generate a raise or a bonus or um, joint ventures or different things where you can actually continue to create more money if that's what you desire. So there's a lot around that um, where I think there's just a lack of education for people around what's possible, even in just creating passive income, whether it's like you rent out one of your rooms as Airbnb and you have extra income coming in or different things. Like there's just so many ways. And um, I think people get really gunked up on like, it has to come from my business or this one way. <laughs> right. And I know I was in that for a, a long time because I was like, I don't want to work another job because I want it to come from my business. And, and that kind of like threw a wrench in my finances too. So yeah, there's a lot of different elements to this for sure. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like it's always smart to have multiple income streams, even if there's an employee, like if someone's an employee, like I know for me, like I always, I never just had my corporate job when I was in corporate. I was like, I taught Pilates and I had this and I had that. It was just like, it's fun. 
<laughs> so I always think it's smart to have like more than one income stream, no matter what. Yeah. And this is a big piece too, especially for women around, um, there's, and this is something that I have really been working through over the last like year or two, um, has been coming up for me around this almost like a desire to be rescued or taken care of. Mm. So it's kind of like the other side of the coin where it's like some women are so like, I will not ask for help. I'm going to do this all on my own and really masculine or just like assertive and like in that. And then we'll never spend any of their money either. They're like, even on a like vacation or something, they're like, eh, I don't do that. I don't do vacations. It's like, they just make money. They just make money. They have it coming in. They don't really enjoy it or do anything with it. They just have the money. And then the other side is the far end of the spectrum is the women who want to be rescued. The ones that like secretly are like, I don't even want to work. I just want somebody to do it for me and like (laughs) have the money coming in. And it's kind of like, I have no power and like almost like damsel in distress kind of a thing. And, um, I know if I look back over my life, I can see where I've done both. And, um, and just knowing those are different, like energies, archetypes, wounds or um power structures that are outplaying in your own world and just taking inventory like which side of the spectrum am I at or am I feeling pretty good in the middle around receiving support and gifts or luxury or getting to indulge and where am I having these systems structures the support this consistency um but not being so much on the like that's just what I do. And that's all I know. And (laughs) people get really stuck in that busy, busy, don't have time to feel anything. And, um, and finding like a balance of in between those is great. I love that. And I just love like this conversation because it's inviting people just to be more aware of their patterns and their connection with money. And it's like, it's not always comfortable, but I just love that. Um, yeah, there's so many layers to it that I feel like it's worth it's totally worth digging in because like you said, it's like when we are able to see money in that way as medicine, it could be so healing. Yeah. There's a huge element around um, shame. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when kind of like the process I had to do to like, really be like, it's so uncomfortable to like admit this or to not have the money and all the things um, to really be so compassionate (laughs) with yourself and that, and when the shame and different feelings come up around that, it's all taught. If there was no money stories, if there was no like patriarchy paradigm that there is in our culture around money, um, and people actually were just able to take care of each other and move things and resources and services around in different ways. Um, it's just to me, like really getting out of the shame piece around it. It doesn't, does not define you. And it is one moment in your journey, it can change in a year, in six months, it could change overnight and allowing yourself to really be so compassionate and heal that part of you that has the shame, because that's the piece that whether it's sabotaging money later or feeling like you don't have any and you are depressed and in lack, even when you have money or that piece where you're just like, it's never going to change and you feel so hopeless. Um, all of those things is the piece where the healing can happen. And so having compassion and to stop being so hard on yourself or whether it's perfectionism or criticism or whatever is coming up around really loving the part of yourself that's like, you know what, I went all in and I tried and I flatlined and I lost everything. And I 
can recover, I can rebuild. And that tenacity, especially for entrepreneurs and creatives is really required. I love a story about um, Lizzo. I follow Lizzo on TikTok (laughs) and she talks about her um, when she had like negative, you know, however much in her bank account and she was performing at some like dive bar in the middle of like Ohio or something. She didn't even know how she was like, I didn't even have money for gas or like whatever. And she kept going and she didn't let it mean anything about her as an artist or anything. And I know a lot of like singers and artists entrepreneurs, coaches go through moments like that, but there is this element of, um, of if you can really just be with yourself and be like, this is just where I'm at right now and not make it mean you aren't capable or you aren't going to get it in the future and all of that. And just keep with it and be super compassionate and understanding with yourself. It will so, it completely changes your relationship to money and, and seeing it as a moment in time versus who you are. And I think that's a huge piece. Yeah. It's just getting out of the shame and like, you should have done better. You should have known better. You knew better. Like all of that stuff. It just, it's just not helpful. And it's no different than any other relationship, right. Where it's like, if you just got out of a bad relationship and it's like, I knew better. It's like, that doesn't, it's not helping you heal. And it's not helping you um, change it for the future when you come at it from that place. Just this topic is is such a like we can talk about this for hours because it's huge like our connection to money um but I would love to hear for like people who want to learn more and connect with you and like how can they follow you yeah absolutely so my website is nicolesieverson.com my last name is Norwegian it is s-y-v-e-r-s-o-n and um it's the same on my socials. So any Instagram, uh, Facebook, I think even on TikTok, um, it'll be at Nicole underscore Severson. And then um, right now, I don't currently in this moment have any group programs. However, I do have a um, five-day online retreat. So you can do it from anywhere in the world. And it walks you through a retreat experience where you get to deep dive into whatever pattern or thing that is coming up for you in the moment to really, um, heal that and move through it in a five day transformational space. And then I also have, um, a one-to-one experience that is a year long transformational journey around walking into and becoming a prosperous woman. So it's called the prosperity portal. And this is a new offer that I just created that is specific to healing your relationship with money. So it's ditching your crappy money story, <laughs> ditching your crappy money relationship and really doing the healing process and implementing your feminine intelligence, getting your root chakra super sturdy and activating your voice and really getting you back into your authentic power, your authentic voice and um, tapping you into that prosperity that has nothing to do with money, but also taps you into bringing in more money is usually (laughs) the after effects of this work. And um, you can send me a direct message at hello at nicolesieverson.com is the email. And um, yeah, feel free to send any questions. And I do have a prosperity personality quiz. So this gives you your abundance archetypes. And it's a fun little quiz to see like where you're at in your money story and next steps to help you step into living more abundantly and healing your relationship to money. 
Oh, I love that. Okay. So everybody go check out Nicole's work. She is incredible. And please tag us and share this episode, share us in your stories. Uh, We will love to share that as well. Um, Thank you so much, Nicole. I love you so much. And this is such a powerful conversation. So I am excited for everyone to be listening in. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I always love chatting with you and um, yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. Yay. Okay. All the links are in show notes and uh, see you all soon, everybody. Thank you. To help you feel more supported and nourished in your body and nervous system, you're invited to download the free I am supported meditation in the show notes. May you feel grounded in who you are as you become the fullest expression of yourself. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing with those who can benefit. Until next time.